Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the game. You believe in Context, there's no disrespect, so when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. All of it is on the field. We're going to get the mission. We're Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the opening line. We've been on a little bit of a holiday hiatus, and I gotta be honest with you right now, I'm sitting with a pretty uh, disappointed wits. We just finished watching the Bucks game uh, tonight. I don't know when you're gonna hear this, but it was opening night for the Bucks. We're going to get into the, how the NBA is the worst professional league in the world. Um, but we also just watched FAU go down by more than eight and a half to Memphis. It has been a crazy betting month, which I'll let you uh, I'll let you have your first sound on the mic. Let's see how depressed you sound. <laughs> oh man, I am I am pretty depressed after seeing the Bucks be down seventeen in the fourth and come all the way back just to see. Uh... See the MVP choke up a free throw down one was was bad. FAU being on the ten yard line, not scoring, also bad. Oh boy. Yeah, it, it was a it was definitely a rough go. We're actually in the bunker. Um, a nice. I'm in Chicago. Been in Chicago for over a month. You may ask why haven't we got more shows off now that I'm in Chicago? Well, we're busy men working crazy hours. Still on the West Coast time now. I finally have time off. We've been taking up walking. We're doing a uh, walking challenge to find ourselves in better shape by the time we get to Vegas, which uh, we are looking much forward to. I just made up that sentence right there. Um, I've been a, the recent champion of this walkathon, um, but Xander's keeping pace. You know, he's he's always in the building. Um, but wits, we had we had a very tumultuous NFL season. It was picking up gambling wise the last couple of weeks. We haven't been giving our picks cause we haven't been doing the show. And I recently just got ducked in the semifinals of our fantasy football. And the last thing I've got standing right now is the Packers who hopefully will take the one seed, but wits, we got to talk about it since I think it's safe to start with the NFL before we get into anything else we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh boy! You're looking at an eleven. No more bad memories. You're looking at an eleven o team, eleven and o team, and Wits and Roz has not touched them. We have not bet on them. We've been just watching from afar. Three weeks in a row, we've taken them. They're now eleven and three, and <laughs> in, in danger of losing the AFC North. Yeah, this team was minus six dollars to win the AFC North two weeks ago, and now coming up against. I would say a pretty tough Colts team with the Browns playing the Jets this week. I mean, this could be a Week 17 showdown, something that I don't even know if the Browns expected, but the Steelers, I mean, the game on Monday night was atrocious is not the right. Well, 
I think you've heard plenty about uh, our fantasy football league, but let's tell you where we go to try to make our money elsewhere. This is my favorite place to go, and that is betonline.ag. The NFL season is in full swing, and you know that my Packer love is an all-time high, even coming off of the loss. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. Um, I got to tell you, we've been there often. We're at their tables playing casino games as well as making our bets. Um, one of the best betting li- websites on the internet. From game spreads and totals to team players and coach coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. Again, you can find Wits and I there. We are the old men who will never leave the table. So head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that is betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book, sports book experts. Woo woo! Word for it. No, I don't know what I don't know word below atrocious, but if you can if you can find one, that is what that's what we're looking for here. Yeah, I mean it was. Like you said, I I don't think I'd bet on the Steelers all year, and it started against the Redskins, which was just a horrible showing. And then the Bills game, they couldn't get anything going, and you're figuring 0-2, last two weeks, it's got to be a get-right game versus the Bengals. <laughs> and not, it's not just like a get-right game against the Bengals. The Bengals are 2-10-1. They're with a third-string quarterback in. Two quarterbacks injured and not able to play. They dismantled Burrow the first time they played. So, probability-wise, this might be more shocking than the Jets beating the Rams this week. But, like, I, how do you not, after losing two in a row, come into Cincinnati and wallop them? I mean, I think the first thing, and this is the only minor bit of give that I'll, I'll get to the Steelers, is they do have a lot of injuries at linebacker. But still, this is a 2-10-1 Browns team, excuse me, Bengals team, that is on their third-string quarterback. That I don't think they've gotten over 250 yards of offense the past three weeks since Burrow went down. And Ryan Finley's going out there looking like the league MVP. Like I was saying, if they didn't have their jerseys on, I mean, I think you could have swapped the teams because Cincinnati absolutely dominated that game. And Big Ben looks like shit. He looks... I mean, absolutely horrible. I think retirement was something that he should have considered coming into this season. I know there was all these talks, and he's been playing around with it. But golly, he does not look like a quarterback that should still be suiting up in the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, looking at all the weapons that the Steelers have, you know, you've got Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, who I mean can't catch the ball, (laughs) (laughs) Juju. It just—it's mind-boggling that Cincinnati was essentially able to shut them down. I mean, they—they they gave up 17 points, but the Steelers were not even close the entire night, and <laughs> the live bets on the Steelers money line did not go well, just like the Rams didn't go well. I think interesting stat—the first time in 47 years since 1973 that two double-digit touchdown favorites lost straight up on the same week. It's happened twice in the Super Bowl era. And, yeah, Raz, I mean, I think the Rams game was atrocious, but I think I'm more disappointed in the Steelers, just especially with where they're at division-wise. This comes down to the last week. If they were to lose this division race, 
I think it'd have to be the the biggest collapse I've ever seen in football. I mean, it's a little different than baseball. I feel like there's a lot more games. Teams get a lot streakier. Yeah, but I mean, looking at football, I think they were up. I think it was at four games, like seven weeks left. It's just unbelievable that a team eleven and zero. A lot of people were saying not, not the greatest eleven and zero team, but still, I mean, this is this is bad. And in the Colts, as much as I've ragged on them this year, I don't think it's going to be an easy game for Pittsburgh. I mean, they can't move the ball. Philip Rivers is just doing Philip River things. Ten and four. This is going to be interesting because Baker and the and the Browns they're getting hot without OBJ, and it just seems like everything's coming together at the wrong time for the Steelers and the right time for the Browns. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, the Rams were just disappointing in the in the aspect that I had their defense against the worst offense in the NFL, and then Cam Akers getting hurt and playing the first non-Cam Akerian game since he became the full-on starter. Um, that was tough. Around the NFL, I got the win out of the Chiefs. Kind of a double-edged sword there, though, with Mahomes getting that win. He's now the clear favorite for MVP over Aaron Rodgers, who statistically I think is doing significantly better than Matt Patrick uh, Mahomes. I don't know. You think he's the clear favorite? The, the the recent odd jump was not in Rodgers' favor. So Rodgers could put up two monster follow like weeks these next two weeks, and I think it's really, really important that they beat Tennessee this coming week. But um, go, going off of last week, I think Mahomes helped solidify his spot. I'm also dumpster diving. Um, fucking Devontae Adams had his first bad game of the year, so he will not be winning the receiving yards award this year um, for not really an award, but just maintaining the highest statistical value in that category will not be for Devontae Adams. And then I'm trying to think out what else went on in the league. The Bears got another win. Mitch Trubisky is on the keep my job course, which is fantastic for all Packer fans. I mean, he is doing absolutely everything he needs to do to save his job. He even got away with throwing an interception on one of the later drives in the end zone um, because his defense bailed him out. So And Captain Kirk is Captain Kirk. So we'll see. I think the NFC is a little more fun and less predictable than the AFC. I really do think that Kansas City is the one-headed monster there with the Bills poking at his toes. I think Josh Allen's very competitive and it'll be interesting to see what they can do. Um, but everything in the NFC is all over the place. I mean, you just had the Rams lose to the fucking Jets and then you got the Saints who are having a couple, couple weeks off here. Um, the Seahawks whose offense has gone somewhere else in the world. And then, again, they're sitting at 10-4, and four, but they are not a 10-4 and four looking team. Um, we got two weeks left here, Wits. No fantasy. Definitely some gambling. What is your outlook on these final two weeks of the regular season, and what does that mean for the playoffs this year? Yeah, well, first thing I want to say, Patrick Mahomes, three weeks in a row they have not covered. I just think it's uh, it's not a great sign the team that good they're they're coming up close but we had that broncos game a couple monday nights ago had the dolphins debacle minus seven which still haunts me as I oh, we saying. were on that too we have every bad bet over the last three weeks since we haven't done a podcast <laughs> yeah it's a good it's a good thing we've laid off the picks and then uh last week a little backdoor cover by the saints uh they end up losing by three so i guess playoff picture wise let's Take a look at where the standings are at. Like you said, AFC, um, you know, Kansas City, I think, is the clear-cut best team. But 
I don't know. The Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, I think it's a fun team. It's an exciting team. They've just consistently gotten better each year, which is, is a fan of the team. Not saying I am, but that's what you want to see. Your team progressing, getting better. I love Sean McDermott. Um, don't think he gets talked about enough. And then you get Pittsburgh as the other division leader, and then Tennessee. Roz, I wanted to ask you about Tennessee. It seems like they're a lot more potent on the offensive side of the ball this year, but I don't have the same feeling that they're the grinded-out team that we saw last year. Kind of give the Chiefs a little bit of a game in the AFC Championship, but I don't know, something about them just... I feel like they might be able to spark something, but their defense has been pretty bad this year. Well, the defense is the difference. I mean, their defense was way more comparable last year to these top-flight teams. The defense is just getting chewed up, and, I mean, they're going to go up against Aaron Rodgers this week, so maybe that's a get-straight week for them, too. But if they keep playing the way they're going to play, they're going to have to shoot out with the likes of Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, and I don't think they're capable of doing that. Essentially, since their shootouts mostly come in the form of Derrick Henry rushing for 200 yards on the ground. Right. So, Tannehill's definitely held his own. I want to be the first one to apologize for ever bashing Tannehill, which I'm sure I have. I think Tannehill has looked great, and he's really revitalized his career here in Tennessee. Kind of like a, a poor man's Drew Brees in an instance. Um, but we'll see. I mean, this Packers... Tennessee Titan game is a really big one, and it's not just because I'm the biggest Packer fan in the room right now, but uh, I think it will be very telling for both teams as we near the playoffs. And honestly, it's going to go somewhere crazy in the NFC, in my opinion. I think the Packers are the most dangerous team right now, especially if they can hold on to home field advantage. Aaron Rodgers has played only one NFC Championship game at home in his career, and it wasn't even the one that they won, or I think they, no, they did not win. The one they went to the Super Bowl on, they, it was also on the road. It was in Chicago, so. Right. Um, Jay Cuddy. Jay Cuddy. It was actually Caleb Haney who they ended up beating later in that game. I really do think, with all my bravado and how I talk about the Packers, I think the Packers are in the best shape in the NFC. We've beaten the Saints. I think the Saints have weaknesses. I think the Rams just got absolutely exposed. I think the... The Seahawks have so many troubles right now. They're actually headed in the absolute wrong direction. Um, so we'll see. I think it's theirs. I'm looking at a Packers-Chiefs Super Bowl, and I think these next two weeks help set it up with both those teams going to finish as number one in their conferences. Yeah, I think i, I got to disagree with you on the Rams. I don't think they got exposed. I think they just played a horrendous game. So, I mean, just in my eyes... I've kind of thrown that game out the window. I, re- I realized it was a winless Jets team. That might be one of the worst teams of all time. But it was just it was just a bad game all around. And they did have a chance to win at the end, but very questionable third and fourth down calls by Sean McVay when the Rams were driving. They needed four yards, and they threw two passes down the field of like 25 yards each. It didn't make a lot of sense. But regardless, I was looking at the NFC. I agree with you. I think it's a lot more interesting um, Green Bay with the best record right now. The Saints are, are they're a dangerous team. I mean, they got the best defense, I think, in the league. And if Drew Brees is healthy, I mean, who's to say he doesn't have one more playoff run in him? I mean, that, that's a dangerous team when you look at Kamara. I know Michael Thomas looks like he's not going to play um, the rest of the year, but he hasn't really been playing all year. And they're still a very respectable 10-4, and four, even with three starts by Taysom Hill. And... Looking at Seattle, 
I mean, I think we're one of the hardest teams to handicap because you really never know what you're going to get. I mean, Russell Wilson was basically closing the door on the MVP race, and now he's not even in the top five, I would say. And then, I mean, the NFC East, whoever comes out of there, God bless him. Uh, right now it's Washington. <laughs> but I think if I were a Packers fan, I think the two teams that would worry me the most are the two wildcard teams right now and the Rams and the Bucks. Um, the Bucks, I mean, looked atrocious the first half against Atlanta. Come out, have a monstrous second half. And that defense, although I think it's been a little shaky the past few weeks, Tom Brady-led team. With a good defense, I mean, I, th- I think that's I think that's something you worry about in the playoffs. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm hoping we don't face the Bucks again. The Rams are the big concern for me, defensively speaking. They are dominant in number one and number three in the two r- passing and rushing categories. Um, the the Saints don't scare me as much, and it's not because we beat them. It's because if you look at Breeze's statistics on the road in the postseason, and especially outside, not in a dome. They are not very good. So I would love the opportunity to bring Breeze back up to Lambeau Field in the freezing cold because I know that's advantage Rodgers regardless if there's fans or not. Um, Yeah, Rams worry me. KC is really the biggest concern I have. Obviously, Ethan, you got to make it there first. But with the way 2020 has unfolded, I'm hoping 2021 starts with some playoff victories for the Green Bay Packers um, to make up for this heartbreaking year. That was fantasy football for me. So uh, we'll uh, we'll leave it at that. We'll be back with more NFL next week. But Wits, let's talk about what else has been consuming our time. And it's not golf. Golf <laughs> will be back. We will be not back golf. with the tour or champion. T- what is it? Ch- Tours of champions. Uh, champions century of tour. Century tournament of champions. Century tournament of champions. I couldn't no, have been I... further away if I wanted to be. Um. We'll be back there gambling harder than ever. We finished with a Russell Knox win, which I gave to you guys three weeks late. So, sorry about that, but me and Rube were on the Russell Knox first-round leader train in the last tournament of the year. Um, But we have been looking at college basketball and now the NBA with a a little bit of, I don't know, what we've pretty much been gambling on everything. (laughs) Some college football, too, which we'll get into because there's a couple arguments to be made there. Um, but we currently are sitting down watching the Phoenix Suns, who just tipped off against the Dallas Mavericks. What's going on? We've been watching some of the ugliest basketball of all time. These players are considered the greatest in the world, which obviously they are, but there is a clear contrast from college basketball to the NBA. The team element of the college basketball game makes the game look smoother, more fun, and way more, like, invigorating whereas the nba is so one-on-one driven it's been hard to watch the last two nights yeah i mean i think the nba stinks (laughs) i mean i I thought that before but now that there's just nothing to do except watch sports and gamble i've been watching like all these sports that i never have really sat down and watched mainly basketball college and pro and yeah Roz, you're right it's it's unbelievable like i don't want to say crappy product but the nba just the gameplay it's just it's just not good basketball. And not to say like the players aren't good, but you know when you watch a college game, it's like everybody seems like everybody's fighting hard, like they have a plan, they're trying to make things work. And you watch the NBA and it's just a bunch of guys playing one-on-one, jacking up shots. I think and I just don't think it's very fun to watch. I mean, when people talk about like the last 2 minutes of playoff games being the only worthwhile basketball in the NBA, 
can't say I disagree with that. I mean, I, I think that's very fair with what I, especially what I've seen so far the first couple of days. Yeah, it's been hard, and uh, honestly, for us, college basketball has been fun. It's not like we're dominating the money space there, and it's a weird year. I mean, there's nothing more noticeable. I mean, we've seen it for months now that there's no fans in the stands, but it actually is rattling to watch a college basketball game with no fans in the stadium because that is the most impact. We were just watching the. Marquette Villanova game earlier which we covered at minus four and there was a point Marquette had a chance to get back in the game but with no fans with no energy there's nothing put like holding back Villanova from their runs or getting on a run or whatever it may be and uh it's hard to watch college basketball with no fans yet the play is still good you know the free throw issue will always be a thing when you're gambling on college basketball, they just don't know how to make free throws at the college level, and it'll it'll tank you on over unders, and it'll tank you on the spread. Well, the but MVP of the NBA can't make free throws either. So. Neither, yeah, it clearly doesn't matter. I mean, he missed a game tying free throw, and I can guarantee you, Kobe Bryant would never miss one of those. Um, so it's yeah, basketball has been consuming most of our time. It's a fun way to gamble. I think at the college level, at least. I mean, I'm betting on Chattanooga. I mean, who's heard of that? Who's gone there? If you went to Chattanooga, feel free to DM me. I've been loving your team. Um, <laughs> Chattanooga? Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Um, but uh, it's, it's that's what it is. College basketball is just spread out the dollars, bet on pretty much everything in sight, and uh, you go from there. And then other than that, we have been on the football train. You're on your yearly uh, pool for the bowl games. You're very much an underdog story kind of guy. Um, so me and you don't typically agree on these picks. We haven't really crossed paths as I haven't been betting on the start of this bowl season. Jesus, Luka Doncic just missed four <laughs> layups in a row. Bad radio on our part, but that was one of the most <laughs> ridiculous stretches of misses I've ever seen. And here we go, another run by the Phoenix Suns that are, uh, Ethan's going to tank a potential bet here. But anyways, college football, we had a huge duke it out battle with a couple of beers last week between the boys. Notre Dame is back in after getting absolutely shot down by Clemson this past weekend. And we disagree. We do not like it. Now, do I necessarily think Cincinnati should be in? No. I think Wits is the one who's been arguing for that. But I think Texas A&M should for sure be in over Notre Dame come this college football playoffs on New Year's Day. Oh, boy. Um, We talked about this so much on Saturday. It kind of fried my brain, but... Here's here's the thing. I don't di- like. I think it makes sense that Notre Dame got in. If we're gonna say you know we want the four best teams with you know what they've done this year. I mean Notre Dame, they did beat Clemson. I realize it was without Trevor Lawrence, but their their backup quarterback freshman. I mean I think he had 450 yards in that game. But my thing with Notre Dame, and this is just more of a personal thing for me. The last three times they've been in BCS Bowls, including a championship, they've gotten their asses kicked. And I'm just tired of seeing Notre Dame get into these big games and just absolutely get dominated and not show up. And that's where my thing for a Cincinnati team, it's like, is Notre Dame a better football team on paper? Yeah, I'm sure that they are. But... If we're going to go by everything on paper, like then why do we even play the games? Like that's that's my whole thing. You know, Cincinnati, great story, they had a great year, and I think, you know, if they had shut out Tulsa 130 to nothing in that championship game, 
and we had the same Notre Dame result, it might be a little more interesting because they did beat three top 25 teams. Um, we had a huge argument about this. A couple of guys saying, well, who was in the top 25? It's like, I, I don't care. I mean, they beat three ranked teams at the time, which was more than Texas A&M. It was more than Notre Dame. It's more than a lot of other teams. But my thing with Notre Dame is just I don't want to see them in this game again. And the only reason I want to watch this year is so I can watch them get their brains bashed in by Alabama. But I don't even know if I can bet Alabama at minus 20 points right now. That's a lot yeah. of points. It's three touchdowns, basically. Um, but, yeah, it's just funny how we got out of the BCS, and I still find myself like seeing some of the same problems that you know I would like to see eight teams. It's not to say that eight teams can win the championship, bro. Like I'm not, I'm not an idiot, but I want to see them get the opportunity, right? Cincinnati went undefeated. They beat three ranked teams. They won their conference, and just the way that Notre Dame lost that last game. If they played a close game, hundred percent put them in. But they they got worked, and they didn't even show any promise of coming back at all after they missed that first field or that second field goal to put them up six nothing. So that's that's my thing. I just I'm tired of watching Notre Dame, and I could see the argument for A&M, but either way, I would like to see Cincinnati get a chance. Yeah, there's a lot that we agree on. There's some that we don't. Um, I don't think we need eight teams. I think there should be six teams. Uh, I think one and two should get a bye. There's no reason to have Alabama and Clemson play these games this week. Um, I also don't like the fact that it's ignored that Ohio State's in again, and when they barely snuck by a Northwestern team. I think Notre Dame and Ohio State are getting in on name alone this year, which is really brutal and heartbreaking because I think Texas A&M, you can argue they got absolutely stomped by Alabama, but they did lose to the number one ranked team in the country once. And yes, technically, Notre Dame only lost once, but dear God, if you watch that game, that game should almost constitute as a two-loss penalty because not only was Trevor Lawrence not there, which is fine. You say their backup is capable of winning those big games. They were missing their two number or their two best defensive linemen, which attributed to why Notre Dame had an easier time scoring against Clemson in the first outing. I don't think Notre Dame or Ohio State deserves to be in it. I think, first off, I don't think Ohio State deserves to be in it when they played fewer games, played a horrible conference championship game that they didn't even they had to like bend the rules for them to get into right it was just it's just a bunch of malarkey and nonsense and who did ohio state play this year that's the other thing you want to go off a schedule cincinnati had a better schedule than ohio state ohio state played a horrendous big 10 a horrendous big 10 the big 10 looked like a mac type division this year and uh i honestly i think their name alone they're gonna get trounced by clemson something we've seen Often, you want to say you've seen Notre Dame getting the stomp on. I've seen Ohio State getting stomped on by Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, whatever the Bryant kid's name was. They all Kelly have taken Bryant. their turns at beating the shit out of Ohio State. So yeah, and- I think we're in for a lackadaisical New Year's Day. But then again, we get part five, six, seven, part 100 of Clemson, Alabama, which might dictate the rest of our lives. You know, I, We don't have many years left here at 25 in the gambling <laughs> rate we're at. So... We might be seeing Clemson, Alabama the rest of our days. Yeah, and it, it's unfortunate that, I mean, I still don't know why the Big Ten didn't start when everybody else did. And the fact that Ohio State is getting in at 6-0, I, I don't have a big problem with it. I know that they were the preseason, I think it was number two or three. 
But, Roz, you're right. I mean, you look at this schedule. You know, they, they beat Penn State week two when they were ranked 18, but we found out Penn State was an atrocious team. Started 0-5. Started 0-5. They beat Indiana by seven at home as a 21-point favorite. Now, Indiana, I think it was a good team. I think they had a good year. But, I mean, let's just... I think one of the one of the best ways I think you can measure a team is let's look at let's look at how they do against the spread, right? Let's right. see how they're expected versus how they actually perform. And then Northwestern, I mean, they had a big shot to win that game. And Ohio State, you know, laying seventeen points didn't cover that game either. So there's a lot left on the table. And what Ohio State can do now, if they go out and they beat Clemson, then I'll I'll shut my mouth and I'll I'll stick it where the sun doesn't shine. I'll let everybody at Ohio State University spank me with a paddle. If they fucking go. go out there and beat Clemson. Get get lined up. Um, but yeah, Rise, it, you know, I know they went six and zero, but it's just I don't know. I've got an empty feeling in my stomach that, first of all, Notre Dame's getting in. I don't get to see Cincinnati. And yeah, I mean a couple other and one other undefeated team, Coastal Carolina. I can't make a good argument. Um for them, they did beat BYU. I think interesting, BYU goes undefeated and had beaten Coastal Carolina. Do they get in the playoff? I don't think they do, but I think they would be more enticing with the Heisman candidate Zach Wilson going on a short week without having it scheduled to beat Coastal Carolina across the country. Right, that would be pretty impressive. Um, prolific offense again. I think they get spanked. I get so the argument comes in. Well, they'll get the same spanking. That Notre Dame and Ohio State's going to take that we keep claiming and like, yeah, you know what? They might. They absolutely might. But I'd rather, see that. I'd rather see that than Ohio State and Notre Dame again. I don't need to see Manti Teo and his <laughs> back on the field. I don't need to see all the crippling, horrible Ohio State quarterbacks we've seen year in and year out. I don't need the ghost of Cardale Jones for three games. I mean, that's never going to happen again. So Yeah, and, yeah, my, and my point, like, if Notre Dame goes out and get their asses kicked, that's going to be my thing. We could Cincinnati could have done that. And regardless of whether Cincinnati's better than Notre Dame, that's not really my point. I just want to see a team like that get an opportunity instead of fucking shit Notre Dame getting another chance at a big game in which they don't show up. Now they can go out and prove me wrong. They don't have to win for even for me to take back my statement. If they play a close game with Alabama and show some heart, I'll take back everything I say. But if they go out there and lose by 20-plus points and it's an absolute rout, I'm going to be the first one there saying, yeah, maybe we could have given Cincinnati a shot. Maybe they would have lost by 40, but that's not really my point. I want them to get the opportunity because I'm, t- I'm tired of seeing Notre Dame in these big games and not showing up. I'm tired of it. I don't want to see it anymore. And while I can let the bitching continue for a second, like we're talking about two of the biggest fan bases in the country, Ohio State and Notre Dame. Even maybe so more than Clemson. Clemson not like Clemson has not been a perennial superpower for a century, and right. Alabama has. So Alabama, one could argue Alabama and Auburn's fan bases might be the biggest in the country. You can argue Florida maybe has one, but Ohio State in the Midwest and Ohio itself huge. Notre Dame basically a fan base all over the country. It smells a little a little fishy to me that these teams are in. I think. Revenue dollars is super important. And you know what? Make it a six-team thing so I don't ever have to question you again. I question NCAA on everything they do anyways. They're one of the worst organizations in the world. I mean, it's very... I wanted to go the inappropriate route with the organizations I can compare them to. But um, 
We'll we'll keep it PG. I and guess there, I mean, there was that group. Um, I was I don't know if it was Knights of Columbus. It was some group like with football where they wanted to separate from the NCAA. And I was like, I, I don't blame them. I mean, I think the NCAA is a pretty crappy organization myself. And yeah, I mean, if we can't get eight, I could go for six. I'm a because I'm I, a I mean, big proponent of six. I think I, eight's too many. Eight I, might be too many, and I think. I think that would make sense. It would, you know, a lot of incentive getting the one, the top one and two in the rankings, and then we. And then you get, get your, you get the window, you get the door, like that six spot for Cincinnati or BYU. Right, you get the door, and that that's all I'm asking for. I just want the door in, and yeah, I mean that that that's all I want. But I'm, I'm waiting for the Notre Dame beatdown. If it doesn't come, then I'll I'll eat my words. But, I mean, I think if Notre Dame gets blown out, I want a decade-long playoff ban for them. I do. I'm tired of it. I want the SMU death penalty. (laughs) I do. And and while we're on our pre-Christmas, which is Christmas Eve tomorrow, shitstorm of people, we get to Grinch Grinch two days beforehand. That's all we get to do. I'm a Grinch every day. Then we'll be festive and celebratory come Christmas Eve and Christmas Day when I'll love basketball again because I do gamble. Pretty much every element of the five games they play on Christmas Day. But I want to take a shot where a shot is deserved. Okay. And Wits is with me on this one. We've never agreed more in our lives than we do tonight. <laughs> this shot is a full boo 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 boo. James Harden. <laughs> oh no. Perennial loser. And his legacy should be one of the most tarnished legacies in sports. Along Jerry Sandusky. I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> I. In my opinion, James Harden, his lack of... I, he has been given a gift and an ability that should be stripped away from him. You've got 11 other guys who, one, don't earn the money you make, won't get to that status, and need to play games to feed their families and stuff. And you know what? I get it. You know, the league minimum, over 500 k That sounds more than enough. But these guys are guys who need to go out there. These are guys who probably are more competitive and want the win. And now I see why he's the leading point scorer every year. That's all I give a shit about. That, I mean, you're He just goes and right. shoots the ball and leaves the game, goes to a club. He The fact that that book came out about Houston letting Harden dictate their scheduling so that he can go out and party, this guy will never win a ring. He is right. getting my Tiger Woods not winning another major thing right now. This guy... Just got his opening day game postponed because he was at a club with no mask. It, it, you had all off season, and it was a short off season, but you still had an off season to do it. I think he spent his off season at KFC. And yeah, at the club, dude. He's going out there, huge, look, looking like the old version of Rick Ross in the blowing money fast um, music video. But yeah, Roz, I agree with you. I know I had a little mental lapse a couple weeks ago where I thought the Rockets could win it all with Harden, Wall, and Cousins. A little sneaky 70-1 to team right there. Team. Sneaky 70-1. to But after that article came out, I totally see now why James Harden is just... He's just a perennial loser. I hate to say it. Like, I hate talking like that about people. But that article really just confirmed everything for me. That, I mean, the guy just doesn't seem like he really cares about winning. He doesn't. Right? I don't and think he cares about playing. It, that's what it seems like. I mean, in the the mass thing, like a couple days before the season, now the game gets postponed. It's like, 
Dude, uh, I, I just hate it. Just the super, the diva-like personality of a guy who hasn't won anything. Yeah, like, I don't I've get, never even gotten Not to mention, his points per game thing should be really looked at. Because he takes more shots than anybody else in the NBA. His field goal percentage is not at the tops of the NBA. And it's easy to do that when, one, if you're allowed to control the schedule, you sure as hell are probably allowed to choose who the fuck shoots the ball each possession. So, like... That's the easiest. You think LeBron James, if he had all the opportunities LeBron or James Harden had, he wouldn't be scoring on average thirty six points a game, and now and really pushing the Michael Jordan argument further statistically. Are you kidding me? That's the difference. LeBron's a winner. Steph Curry, the same boat, and Steph Curry is a similar version of Harden in terms of their scoring potential and how they play the game, but it's more of a team element there. In Golden State, that was a team, team, team all the way through with the Clay Thompsons of the world, who barely dribbles a ball. The guy passes more than he dribbled. You're right. You're right. And yeah, this James Harden thing. I don't want to say it's disappointing, but it just kind of makes you think like maybe he doesn't care, and that that's fine if he just wants to go out and score 35 points a game, and you know make 40 million dollars a year. Like, but think about how many people that I think the part where I'm disappointed is how many people that affects. That affects his teammates. That affects an organization who let him get away with this. The owners should be held accountable. Daryl Morey should be held accountable. He's gone in 76er land now. But think of a fan base. I Like, how you listen to me talk about the Packers over and over again. If I learned Aaron Rodgers didn't care and didn't go out there to try to win every single time, I'd lose my fucking shit. I would have an absolute revolt. A huge revolt. Get rid of him. I honestly think he's impossible to trade now even more, despite the money. I, I he's harder to trade. Now. Who the fuck wants him? I dude, I agree. If I if I was in charge of a team, James Harden is like the is one of the last guys I would want. Not only because it seems like he's a cancer on the team. I know he's one of the most prolific scorers in the history of the league. I don't really care about that. I mean, he seems like he's a, like a cancer on the team. And, and who would want to take on that type of money and that type of contract for what he's going to be asking for? I don't even want him to have the ball every time. I feel, you know who else is affected by this? Chris Paul, who had to waste his fucking time in Houston. What about Russ? Ru- and Russ looks like the good guy now. Like, Russ went to go help him out. Dude, James Harden's best fucking days were backing up and sitting on the bench for KD and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Those, those, those were the days. My God, I don't give a shit. You sh- you shoot sixty sh- times a game. Yeah, I LeBron mean, doesn't get to sixty shots in three games. Yeah, this the the article really did it for me. Um, it just kind of it gives you a little insight into that. You get to this high of a level, it really is a business. And James Harden, I mean, he's essentially he's essentially so, running the team. And I love it because. If anybody ever listened to this stuff and they're like, why would Harden care what either of you have to say? He'll just like show you up. No, no, no. That's actually the best part. I could, I would be more than ecstatic to say this to his face because if his version of showing up is anything, so what? He goes out there and puts a 50-point game up to me. If he still puts a 50-point game up, I'll be in the tunnel being like, nice. One, did you win that game? Two, where's that ring? Right. Until If he won a ring, sure. Ethan, I put me in the fiery pits of hell. You know, but until then, I'm more than happy to taunt him. I'm more than happy to watch him get 50 points a game that mean absolutely nothing. 
I don't even think him passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's. I don't think he's like Barry Bonds to me at this point. I don't think it should even count. Although I have taken back my stance on the steroid thing, so we got to be careful. I think Barry Bonds is more justified than Harden's points at this point. Yeah, I would love to give Kareem sixty more shots each game. Um, I have an ad. How many titles did Kareem win? Six. Six so yeah. I think it might have been five, but still significantly more Enough. than. And then you look at these guys like Lillard, who like, damn, this guy deserves a win. You support the Lillards of the world. I know. And you got cancers like Harden out there. It's yeah, it's it's a sad state, but you know it's just, just it's the NBA, honestly. I, part of it is the NBA. It's just uh, you know who my heart goes out to also. Oh, well, we I did say I already, met, but Russell Westbrook, the guy. That's a guy who for putting up as much stats as he does, and some people can claim the stat chasing a little bit. That guy wants to win. That guy wants. To, I would have loved to have been a fly in the wall had Russell still been on the Rockets and their game got postponed tonight. I would have loved to know. Russell's response because I don't think there's a I don't think John Wall who's new to that team has a shot I don't think Boogie who doesn't have ligaments in any of his knees or ankles has a shot of saying anything to Harden and there's definitely nobody below that would that would stand up and say anything to Harden but I I you sure as hell know Russell Westbrook is maybe one of two people in the NBA who would be able to be like yo this is what's up yeah and uh, that's the thing I, I I do like Russell Westbrook I think he's I think he's a great player. I think he plays hard. I just don't know with how he plays the game and his skill set if he has the components to be on a championship team. I think he's a lat. I think you know what I mean. This like, is he's a great player. I'm just talking about like. I have an interesting thought on how he's going to win a title. So Rondo was really good at, in the prime of his career. Awesome, it was an awesome yeah. player. And and Russell's nothing like Rondo, but I think. When Russell settles into a late career Lakers style Rondo, so he takes a step back. Is what you're saying? No, no, no. Because there's a little bit of a different style. I think I think the way you see Rondo playing now is like I I just how I watched him with the Lakers was how he generated energy on the court was this like known leader, but it wasn't like psycho sprint out behind the back passes, try to like dive into lane and get everything like it was just there's some other energy to rondo that was perfect it was the perfect mix for the lakers and i think yeah if westbrook I, settles that into that I not, not s- now but towards the latter part of his career but that's my thing with Westbrook. can he ever settle into that he just doesn't seem like that type of player and i just I well don't at a certain think- point he'll be forced into it because at a certain point like everybody in the nba he won't have the same athletic ability he has now Right. I just don't think Russ can be a number one on a team that'll win a championship. I don't think so. I think that's that'll be the day. Because Rajon probably wasn't even the number five on the Lakers. I think I think Westbrook will fall into that. He won't go into the abyss. He won't. I mean, I don't think... Because Chris Paul, I still think they lean on to be the one everywhere. But uh, maybe not now in Phoenix. Um, you had anything else to Grinch on before we hit Christmas? Oh, man. Um... No, I, th- I think we got out all the demons, especially <laughs> about James Harden. Yeah. I, everybody else feel a relief listening to this right now? <laughs> this has been the opening line where we like to keep the line moving and the grinching before Christmas because you need to be jolly jolly on the actual day. Um, we'll be back after the holidays, everybody. Might have another week delay. Who knows? Probably not. I don't know what we got going next week. But uh, we'll catch up and uh, talk soon. Have a fantastic holiday, everybody. To make a man, a man.
She gon' hit you with every pay, yeah. You don't wanna stick around, believe me. Got me ripping on the relay. Sweating out in Venice is a heat wave. She ain't giving you no leeway. Yo, I just hit it on a weekday. To believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.